0: The Grower Calling, Canada's go to horticulture podcast.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Cohort Wholesale. In the last decade, on farm markets have sprung up in Ontario, serving unique communities and catering to local consumer tastes. What's driving this evolution for direct marketing? I'm Karen Davidson, editor of The Grower. And to answer that question today, I'm talking to Davina Kaminsky. She's the owner of Sam's Place Farm Market near Scotland, Ontario.
0: Hi, Davina here.
1: Davina, it's great to have you uh, with us today. You have already got, I think it's at least a decade of direct marketing experience under your belt. Describe how those seeds were planted. You started with a roadside wagon selling strawberries. Tell us a little bit about the journey in the uh, the ensuing
0: years. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Um, I really can't believe that it's been that long already, but yeah, it's been a decade, if not longer. So when I first started with the wagon, I definitely didn't ever imagine that we would be where we are at today. Um, The wagon was actually in storage back from when my mother-in-law, Joanne, she had ran a roadside market back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, They had closed it down, I think it was around 2005, um, but it was something that my husband Tom had always wanted to restart and do one day. Um, I had finished up schooling, and I wasn't finding much job-wise, so Tom had just like suggested to try bringing out the wagon and selling berries again. Um, I kind of figured, why not? It would be something completely new and different. And if I didn't like it, it wasn't a big investment up front. And it was a wagon, so it could move. It wasn't something permanent.
1: Davina, I actually remember that wagon. I remember uh, pulling off uh, the highway. I was uh, driving to Norfolk County and uh, buying your strawberries uh, many, many years ago. So uh, it's a a pleasure to see uh, how far you've come.
0: Yeah, and we actually, it's kind of broken down now a little bit. But we still do have the wagon and even when we opened the market for the first couple of years in the fall, we would bring the wagon back out and we would sell um, squash and some pumpkins for the remaining of the season because we closed Thanksgiving weekend. Um, So just until Halloween, we would just have some uh, product displayed out on that and just do self-serve. So it's kind of still always been there.
1: (laughs) So what was the trigger then for investing in a bricks and mortar market? Uh, how many years did you have this wagon? And then and then, what was the trigger for uh, making, a, well, I guess, a bigger footprint on your property?
0: Yes, yeah, so I believe it was four years that I did the wagon. Um, and it just really came down to size, to sustainability, and kind of what I wanted to do um, with my future. Uh, the wagon, it provided like a great opportunity to start out and test what worked, what didn't, and just figure things out because I really, I had no idea what I was doing. I had some guidance along the way from my mother-in-law, but I just, I had to figure out things myself as well. And I just, I really had no idea if I would like it or not. Um, But I really did enjoy it and we just kind of got busier bit by bit every year. Um, With the wagon, I was quite limited in the products I could provide. Um, and customers just started asking for more things and different things. And I just didn't have the space to have it. With the wagon, also, I wasn't able to be as open as long. And I was really exposed to the elements. Like if rain came through, like it was just, you know, it would get product wet. And it was just kind of sometimes end up in a mess.
1: So for you personally, uh, it was not necessarily this uh, this happy sunny day. There were some uh, some miserable weather conditions along with it
0: yeah and like with all businesses and stuff there's always your challenges and stuff right and it's just something like if i wanted to go forward with this there's something that would work better with the wagon too also like every morning and every night i was loading and unloading the back of a pickup truck like all the product to go store overnight in a barn so just that like that was just very time consuming and just not efficient um And then just as we got busier, like, cause we were just on the side of the road, something to just provide more parking. So it just came to the point, like, cause I, because I did really enjoy it. Like if I wanted to do this long term, then it, we just needed to figure something else out. So just something that was bigger, that would be like, so I wouldn't have to battle the elements as much and just to be able to be open for a longer season as well, where I could provide more stuff.
1: So how did you come to this uh, decision of of a, it's actually quite a large bricks and mortar market and uh, you know how the family obviously got behind you in in this venture. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, that decision and and uh, how you decided to go so big.
0: Yes, yeah, so my husband Tom definitely was a big driving factor for that. Um he was one who worked with like the like the builders and planning, um, engineered drawings, all of that, and really designed it. And I just, I, he really had a lot of a vision for the market, how it is today. And like he would then, you know, they kind of figure something out and then he'd ask me what I thought and then we kind of make changes along the way. But he was definitely the driving factor. And honestly, after four years in, I was really just excited to have something where I didn't have to unload. Um, and load up a pickup truck every night. We had like cooler storage attached to the market. And then just to not like I had a few days out in the rain. So I was just really excited to not have to be standing and getting wet. <laughs> so so Davina, tell us a little bit about
1: uh, the size of it and, and um, the, sort of the, the features and benefits of uh, this current uh, market, which you call Sam's Place Farm Market. The
0: market that we are today, we just have an opportunity to carry so many different things, something that I definitely wouldn't ever be able to do out on the wagon. We've got fridges and freezers. So we have like a whole bunch of like local cheeses, dairy products, meat products. We have ice cream. Um, A couple years into the market, we did scooped ice cream. So when we have these crazy hot heat waves, like that's always a nice refreshing treat to get a scooped um, cone of ice cream. Um, but then, even just more range of products as well too. Like we sh- we have, um, I get local products like fruits and vegetables in whenever I can. But then, even just the convenience um, for people to have options of tropical fruits that I never had on the way, and such as like bananas, lemons, limes, grapes, like all of those things that you know people still use on a weekly basis. You know, if I can offer it here and save a trip for someone, then I'll try and do that. And then we also have our garden section as well. Like, so we do a bunch of, like, plants and decor and that. And that's always, like, a nice, fun thing to do, too. Like, people love getting that for their house, but even just, like, for some gift ideas and stuff as well. So we really just try and, like, cover it all if we can.
1: Your garden center is uh, very much unique to your uh, to your uh, farm market, and uh, something that uh, is very much a, a value add for our listeners. Tell us how far you're away from Simcoe. I believe that's the the, uh, the nearest major center. How far would that be?
0: It's just 10-15 minutes down the road, so it's pretty close. Um, But even just like local, like, you know, we've got a lot of smaller towns. We're right in the middle. Like we have Scotland, Oakland, Delhi is not too far. Even like Brantford, you know, depending on what side you're on, it's 15, 20, 25 minutes. So I feel like we're just kind of in the center of a lot of different places.
1: Well, that's interesting because I guess what is it about your farm market that makes you a destination as opposed to some of the major grocers in Simco.
0: Because we try and carry a wide range of stuff for a lot of the smaller communities we are closer than um, other stores but then also just being on the 24. It's a 24
1: highway that you're uh, Yeah, Highway for 24. Our
0: listeners. Highway 24, yeah.
1: You have invested in a bricks and mortar market and uh, it's really not that far from, from other major markets so clearly to be a success uh, you've developed a very very much uh differentiated uh product assortment and, and I guess one that's that's very fresh and, and with local produce, something that's that's hard to uh to replicate in uh, other situations.
0: Yeah, no, I just I've always had like really great support from our surrounding communities and if it wasn't for them and like their support, then I wouldn't be here today. Like, we're so fortunate to live in such a great area where people are so friendly, um, and just so supportive, um, and just coming to the market regularly because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Um, and then as we've noticed too, um, with the past couple of years with COVID, um, with people not being able to say travel out of country and stuff, um, people have been doing stuff a lot more locally. So being on Highway 24, that's a major route that people use to get to other destinations um, like beach and cottage areas such as Port Dover, Turkey Point, Long Point. So we've gained a lot of exposure that way just based on where we're located. So that's been a key to our success as well.
1: Uh, let me just say that Kaminsky uh, Farms is very well known at the Ontario Food Terminal. Uh, your family has been uh, going there since uh, 1952. What insight? Do you have from that day-to-day experience that would confirm the need for your on-farm market in Norfolk County?
0: There's multiple on-farm markets in this county and like other nearby counties as well. Um, so I think just the fact that we're here shows that there is a demand for them because if we didn't have the support from our neighbours, then we wouldn't be here. We have sweet corn and other crops that have been grown in the fields right like outside our market. So you can literally see where the food you're eating is grown. Um, I think we can offer unique perspective on things that people really appreciate and are drawn to. Oftentimes I have customers asking what crop it was that they drove by or they might see something being done to a field and they're curious as to what's happening and we can offer that information and insight. And I think that's really valuable too. I think it gets people to have a greater knowledge for where their food comes from and all the work that goes into it. But it's rewarding for us knowing that people are interested in what we're doing and, like, they're learning something new. So I think that's pretty cool, too.
1: What do you do in your store to help tell those stories? I mean, um, is there signage or what What kind of tools and techniques do you use to, to help tell that local story?
0: Um, it really just, like, customers just, like, come up and ask us or, like, a lot of times, you know, people are really curious where they're um, food is coming from so you know for signs and stuff we'll say it's if it's local then we advertise that it's local you know we just really try and give like that small kind of community vibe here so that you know we try and be as welcoming and as accommodating as we can so yeah just different signs will say like where stuff is from and I think just like our setup too it just we try and make it as personable as possible.
1: Are you using uh, social media
0: to uh, retain these customers and to uh, continue that dialogue? Yeah, so we do have Facebook and Instagram. It's a great way to communicate with people, let people know when stuff's in stock, and yeah, just showcase all that you have to offer.
1: And here's maybe the, the toughest question of all, how do you determine
0: prices? So prices are really just based off market prices at the time and that's why they can change over time and fluctuate throughout the season. Uh, with everything that I carry, I try to be as fair as possible with the prices and try and make it as affordable as I can um, while still making sure that everything stays as fresh as possible. Uh, with stuff that we grow, um, it's nice we got a li- we have a little bit more flexibility. And we can try and maintain our prices a little bit better that way. But then, as for other stuff, it's just it's really based off market conditions. And every year there's different challenges in that. But this year too, just as everyone knows, the prices of fuel, um, it just everything's increased inputs, so that affects stuff as well.
1: Do you have any um, outside uh, consultant, for lack of a better word, any any uh, Outside perspectives that uh, are offered to you,
0: I do value customers' feedbacks, and I always take that into consideration and see kind of like if there's a general thing that's been stated over the season, then kind of we'll go from that because you know they're the ones that are supporting you. So if I can make it better for them, and if it seems feasible, then that's what I'm going to try and do.
1: And what's the uh, the most common question that you're receiving uh, right now?
0: I would say just in general, people, especially as we get closer to the end of the season, um, people are always wanting us to stay open for the year. We're not a winterized building, so it's just not something that we're there yet. Maybe one day, but not yet.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, uh, thank you very much for sharing your story. It's been a lot of uh, hard work. And congratulations to you and the Kaminsky family for being um well, just always there uh, for uh, consumers and uh, with your fresh product uh, through the season.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you and catching up after all these years. All the best for the summer of twenty twenty two